Hello, my name is Chloe Tonus, and welcome to this week's episode of Bite Sized Cybercrime, the podcast where we discuss big cybersecurity news in small episodes. And this week we'll be discussing a data breach of big proportions. We will also be traveling back to Australia this week, as at the beginning of the month you may remember we talked about Optus, a large wireless carrier in Australia. This time, the large company we're talking about is a private health insurance company called Medibank. So, how did this begin? What happened? Early investigations suggest that someone with high-level access in the organization had their credentials stolen and was then compromised. This could be a system administrator, a database admin, anyone with access to customer information. Supposedly, the credentials were first sold on a Russian-speaking hacker forum and then used to compromise Medibank. As usual, I think phishing, fake emails that appear legitimate used to gather personal information or credentials is a likely culprit, but it is also possible that the individual reused the same passwords and one site they used was breached, separate from anything Metabank related at all. All we know is that credentials were compromised. We don't exactly know how quite yet. Another thing that remains unclear is whether multi-factor authentication was bypassed or otherwise compromised. Multi-factor authentication is, of course, using a second factor to authenticate. For example, if you log in, you need your password, as well as something like a code that is randomly generated. In many organizations, this second factor can also be simply pressing accept on a notification sent to your cell phone. I imagine due to the sensitive nature of the data that Metabank stores, multi-factor was indeed enabled, but it could have been bypassed in a number of ways depending on what specific factor is used. Or it's even possible that some way around multi-factor authentication was found. Maybe a specific page didn't require it. Metabank began to notice strange network activity around October 13th, at the beginning of the month, around the time I talked about Optus, in fact. At the time, Metabank made an optimistic assessment that none of the customer data had been accessed. And, well, if that assessment was true, you would not be listening to this episode, so there is certainly more to the story. So, the hacker got in, and it turns out the hacker did have access to all Metabank customers. Yes, all. All 3.9 million of them. So, despite the fact that the firm originally insisted that no personal data had been touched, that all changed when on October 19th, 2022, the criminal responsible contacted them. The hacker claimed to have downloaded 200 gigabytes of data from their network and to prove it provided data for around 100 policies that only could have come from the inside the very next day on October 20th, 2022. According to Metabank themselves, this data included first and last names, addresses, dates of birth, Medicare numbers, policy numbers, phone numbers, and some claims data. Claims data includes the location of where procedures were received, but is also information related to diagnosis and procedures. This is sensitive medical data that only the patient has the right to know. The hacker also claims to have credit card data, but this has not yet been proven either by either the hacker showing them the data or by the investigation itself. Metabank is unable to store full credit card information as they claim, and, well, by the PCI DSS standard, which is a global standard for how credit card information is able to be stored and handled, CVV data cannot be stored in their databases. It is the three number code on the back of your card that's only used for confirmation. It was on Wednesday, October 26, 2022, that the cybercrime investigation established that the criminal had access to all Metabank customers' personal data and significant amounts of health claims data. Metabank is continuing to investigate and has since closed off two backdoors that the hacker likely created to get back into the network if kicked out while siphoning data, but it is very possible that every customer was affected. Unfortunately, with sensitive medical data downloaded, it is too late to do anything about that. You can issue a new credit card and pay for identity fraud protection services, but you can't take back the data on diagnosis or medical procedures performed. 
This type of data can't exactly be used to create a new identity, but it can very well be used for blackmail or extortion of people. Think about if the patient were some kind of celebrity trying to hide their medical information. Well, now that could potentially be leaked to the public against their will. Medical privacy is taken very, very seriously, and for good reason. That information should remain between a patient and their medical providers. So, what exactly is Medibank doing about this? Besides current investigation, Medibank is directly contacting affected customers, expecting the numbers to grow substantially. Medibank has also directed customers to the Australian Cybersecurity Centre to seek independent advice. They have also created cyber response hotlines to answer any questions or concerns. Medibank has also offered all customers access to identity protection advice and resources from ID Care. Additionally, network monitoring has been bolstered in an attempt to prevent this from ever happening again, or at least allowing a quicker response time if it is to happen again. To me, it seems like a lot of the burden is being pushed onto the customer to stay vigilant rather than on Medibank to provide free identity fraud protection services or to at least use a third-party vendor and cover the cost of it. I imagine the reason they're not covering the cost of these services is simply because it's out of budget. But after similar types of data breaches, it's not completely unusual for a company to simply eat the cost and cover these services for at least a year. Due to this data breach, the Australian government increased penalties for a maximum of $2.2 million up to $50 million. In essence, this will find companies that store this type of data even more money for serious or repeated privacy breaches, and it's meant to encourage better cybersecurity practices. A lot of the time, cybersecurity measures are not put in place because it is believed preventative measures may be more expensive than the actual data that is being protected, and this is a valid point. You shouldn't be overspending, and budgets can be limited, especially for IT, but this will result in a difficult lesson learned. No security is far more expensive than good security. And the cost of this particular breach is an estimated 25 to $35 million, which does not even include the cost of remediation. That figure was simply a hit to their earnings. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of Bite-Sized Cybercrime, and thank you to the Hacker News, Reuters, The Guardian, InfoSecurity Magazine, and Medibank itself for being transparent on the issue. This story has been unfolding for a few weeks now, but this week is when we first started to see the true scope of the damage. A breach with this kind of sensitive data involving so many people could affect Australians for years to come, it's hard to say, and I imagine we'll be seeing new information about it for some time. My name is Chloe Tonis, and until next time, stay vigilant, and as always, stay secure!